Welcome back to It's Me, Frankie B. Uh, switching it up this week, so I am solo dolo this week. So um, Kobe had to be traveling for work, and we also, some of our other you know guest appearances that we've had um, have also been really busy and been traveling for work, so specifically Ed. So it's uh it's just me this week, so this won't be a super long one, and um and I apologize for it coming out late as well. Uh, it's just been a a hectic, busy week in general, not just for my co-hosts and our friends, but um you know we've we've been dealing with Coop being sick this entire week. Um you know life as a parent it's uh quite difficult sometimes, um, especially when you have a 13 month old that you know they he doesn't talk you know but he's uh he's been sick this whole week with a fever and then not a fever still has a cough and a runny nose and and it's tough at this age because they can't tell you what's wrong with them so you're just throwing things at the board at the dartboard and hoping that something hits and it doesn't always work and sometimes you know the fever stops and you're like okay we're out of it we're on the mend and then all of a sudden we're not and he regresses and um you know there was a time this week that uh my wife and I were just looking through old pictures of the past year and like we got to where we saw a picture of when we first had Coop and uh he was only three weeks old we were at Friendsgiving and you know, it was a couple of photos after that, and we looked at each other and just kind of chuckled, and we were like, we had no idea what we were doing then. And I and I, I then corrected myself, and I joked with her, and I said, we still don't know what we're doing. Um, I don't think many parents do know what they're doing all the time. We're just trying to figure it out and raise this little human to be a, you know, contributing member of society and be a good person. And it is so freaking difficult to, to know what you're doing correctly and understanding and and that's why I get kind of frustrated when I see these like some of the younger generation and my generation that hate their parents because they would never raise a child the way they did and they would they just never really you know would believe that you know someone would do that and 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 I get it this is I'm not talking about the extreme situations where something terrible's happened to the person or whatever just normal things that are like, oh, well, I was raised in this type of political household or religious household. And, and I'm like, look, until you've had a kid, it's hard to understand. You, you, I, I'm a firm believer that most people in this world, you know, are trying to do the best that they think at, at the time. So, like, you know, I think no one is going in trying to raise a child I would say a large majority of people are not going in trying to raise a child and have ill will towards that child or anything. It's 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 very hard for me to con- comprehend that because there's times like this past year that, you know, Coop is screaming and crying and fussing and you just don't know what's going on and you can't help him and you can't soothe him and you don't know what's going on and you're getting frustrated because you're exhausted and your life's already stressful because of work or you know, whatever else it is, and the house is a mess, and, and you know, and it doesn't help that he's screaming for no reason, but um, I still look at that face, and you're like, how could you do anything to this, and how could, how could I, you know, not want everything in the world for this son of mine, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a difficult situation for me to see when people 
talk bad about their parents and it's like you don't know what they were going through at the time as they were raising you or the situation because you were a kid and you just you didn't comprehend it and um instead of giving them a break and you know letting bygones be bygones they they don't and um you know my dad ruled with an iron fist i know there's things my sister and i didn't agree with with how he raised us at times and what he said but at the same time we both are you know see that what he was doing was for the best for our family and for for us as kids and and what he thought was best for us so and what our parents thought were best for us so it's it's one of those things where if you're listening to this and you've got some memory of something that your parents did to you when you're growing up let it go it's 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 not worth it it's not worth holding grudges and and hating someone or you know feeling ill will towards someone because it only adds stress and and negativity to that to your life that you don't need because as i think we've all seen in this world so far the world is a, is a shit show and it's going to bring enough negativity in our life we don't need we don't need that in our own we don't need to create our own negativity um and another situation that's going on um you know kobe's kobe's grandma passed away this week um it was his dad's mother and uh, her name was wanda um you know thoughts and prayers to his family and we're kind of giving kobe and his family the time that they need i don't know if he'll be on next week if not we'll figure it out um but we're going to give kobe and his family as much time as they need um, thoughts and prayers to him and his dad. I know his dad's going through a difficult time. And, uh, yeah, they. if you guys are still listening, um, you know, anything you guys need, just let us know. We're right down the road. So going from there, um, you know, we – one thing that I was kind of going to earlier um, about how it was a difficult week with Coop is um, we did find out he had a double ear infection. And we had to give him antibiotics and all kinds of stuff to try to get him to feel better. And, um, you know, at first the doctor wasn't saying that we need to come in because if he's just having a fever, he's fine. And it's like, and we just had a gut feeling we should take him in. And we did. And luckily we did. And he had an ear infection that we could get taken care of. So it's one of those things that you just never know. Um, you know, you just kind of have to go by your gut. And, yeah, it's it's one of those things, like I said, the most difficult situations in this Last year, my wife and I have thought about, talked about, we've had sad tears and happy tears and everything else in between, and we'd do it all over again as a parent. And it's so crazy to think about, and it's so hard to explain to people that aren't parents that you go through these difficult times as a parent, and you don't think you're going to survive them at some points. And you get through it, and then afterwards, like, man, that really sucked. But would you do it all over again for that person? Heck yeah, you would. So it's it's uh, it's just uh, one of those things that we have to understand as people that life's challenging. There's going to be sucky times. Ride the wave of life. But life is like a wave, you know. It's You're going to have some highs. You're going to have some lows. Just roll with it. Embrace the suck. Get through it and move on. And, you know, it's, a, it's tough sometimes to do that and... I've been there. I've had some shitty times, but we're all going to get through it. You know, there's times where we're going to really think we're not. Promise we are. We'll we'll be okay as humans. So, going from there, um, you know, speaking of a really sucky and shitty situation for for some people, um, you know, Florida State and Florida State fans, you know, we we talked last week about football and 
what we thought about for the playoffs and what was going to happen if these teams won or lost and yada, yada, yada. And we made our predictions. Um, and then we saw it play out how one of the things that we talked about where Alabama beats Georgia. And, you know, I had a really hard time believing that they wouldn't put an SEC school in if they won the championship, especially Alabama beating the number one overall seed in Georgia. And it was uh, – and it played out. And the committee said they went off of the four best teams in in college football. And and it – I think there's a situation here where – both things can be right and both things can be wrong at the same time because whether people want to admit it or not, Florida State has not looked the same since Jordan Travis went down. Their QBR is averaging just over 22 right now as uh, with all of their reserve QBs that they've been using. I think it's their second string and third string that they've mostly been using. I think their fourth was in there at one point. Um, <clears throat> but they played North Alabama, Florida, and Louisville. And you know, had I think they had just over 50 yards passing in the Louisville game for the ACC championship, and thank God they've got a hell of a defense. That's how they're able to survive. But it's uh, it's hard to look at them after these last three weeks and how they can't even move the ball unless they get a big time rush or something. But and think that they're a top four team. But the bottom line is, they have the resume. They're at a Power Five conference. They, they won all of their games. Every game they put in front of them, they won. They beat it. And what's even crazier is not one, but two one-loss teams got in over an undefeated Power 5 conference team. And, and this is where I would have agreed with it if Bama would have gotten fifth, Georgia six, Texas four, Florida State three, and then two Washington, one Michigan, or you go – you know, if you really don't respect Florida State, but you want to still put them in as a top four, you put them at four, Texas at three, you know, Michigan one and Washington two. But <clears throat> when you have the head-to-head between Alabama and Texas, you know they're going to give it to Texas because they're a Power 5 conference team. That's one. They did lose to their rival Oklahoma on a, on a very close game. That's still a top 15 team or top 20 team. Um, but it's a rival, and I, I, you know, I, I have some leeway when it comes to rivals because, like, even Auburn put up a hell of a game against Alabama, and they needed a prayer to win it at the end, but they won. And you know, I can see why they would put Texas over Alabama at all times. I'm just very shocked that they really pulled it to where Texas and Alabama jumped Florida State to get in and basically play for the playoffs in the national championship. Um, and it's just a it's a shitty, shitty situation because I think the playoff committee got it right. They've got the four best teams in right now. Maybe Georgia, I would say, if you really want to do the four best teams. I don't know. It's, it's tough because I think you have five best teams at this point with Georgia being in there with the Texas, Washington, Florida, or Texas, Washington, Michigan, and Alabama. But um, thankfully, we're going to a 12-team playoff next year and we won't have to deal with this. Just a shitty situation for Florida State. I feel awful for for their players and their coaches, their fan base. Everyone that has followed them and cheered them on through the years, I think they finally got their breakthrough. They've won all their games. They're in the playoffs, and they're not going to get their chance just because, you know, 
hypothetically speaking, a teams teams look better than them or are better than them, and 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 thinking about it, they they Florida State had a better strength of record, and what that means is their record, strength wise or ranking wise, is better than Alabama or someone else because Alabama was in the fifties on strength of record, and that's because Alabama lost to Texas and Texas lost to Oklahoma. And then it feeds down from there as a whole system of who did Oklahoma lose to, who did those teams lose to, and it does a whole comparison going back to Florida State, who's won all of their games and they're undefeated. So that's why they're ranked so high. But then when you look at their strength of schedule, their strength of schedule was in the 50s for Florida State, while Alabama was, I believe, top 10. And that's where people are going, well, what, what matters more, strength of record or strength of schedule? And I think there's an argument to both of them. Um... But, you know, people always go back to the SEC, SEC being the ultimate conference, the power conference, and if you survive the SEC, then you got to be in, and no way you can't have a championship without an SEC champion there if they only have one loss or less. And the bottom line is, the ACC had a winning record against the SEC this year. So why shouldn't have Florida State been in? I get the strength of schedule wasn't as strong, but the bottom line is, it looks like they're in the better conference this year. You know, people are still going to argue that against that, but, you know, head-to-head matchups, they won that. So uh, I I go back and forth on it. I think both things can be right. Both things can be wrong. I think you could say it's right that Florida State deserves their way in because of their resume. It's right that Alabama deserves to be in because they beat the overall number one and, you know, they're – arguably the better team right now because of Jordan Travis not being able to play for Florida State. But it's also wrong to say one player has control over the destiny of an entire team. And, you know, Florida State doesn't deserve to be in because their quarterback got injured. And Alabama doesn't deserve to be in because they got beat by Texas and Texas lost to Oklahoma. You know, so it's I get it, and I've heard all the stories all week about it. I've heard all the fan bases. I've heard all the opinions of everyone else talking about it, and it it's never going to be solved. Um, this whole people talking about a lawsuit coming and all this, I mean, the bottom line is it's, never, it's not going to be solved. This is going to be talked about for years. Um, to this day, I still talk about the, the I think, 2015 playoffs where – TCU um, lost one game to Baylor, and that was the only loss on the season. Ohio State lost at the beginning of the year to Virginia Tech, who I believe only had four or five wins that year. Were not good, but Ohio State picked up speed and looked a lot better towards the end of the year, and Big 12 did not have a Big 12 championship game at the end of the season, which would have been TCU and Baylor again, and that would have been one hell of a game to see. But Ohio State did have a Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, and I think they were ranked 14th at the time, and they looked amazing in that game. So what did the committee do? They put in Ohio State over TCU, and Ohio State went on to win it. And I, to this day, get mad about that because I'm like, so you're punishing a team for not having, not playing in a game that's not even a real thing yet for their conference, but they only lost to the number six team on a 60-yard field goal. And you're rewarding a team that lost to a five-win team 
at the beginning of the year, but because they won their their conference championship, they earned the right in. And that was that still doesn't sit right with me. I get that Ohio State won that year, but TCU went on to win their bowl game by like twenty eight points too, or some something close to that, to kind of prove that they belonged in that year. They were a great team, and it's becoming more apparent over the years that the college football playoff committee cares more about when you lose, not how you lose. So you could have a team that lost at the beginning of the year to a five-win team, but if you had a team like TCU who lost to Baylor, I think third to last week of the season or second to last week of the season, it's more damaging because they want to see how you're playing now. And I don't think that's really fair, you know, and, um, and I think that became apparent as well, even though Florida State didn't lose, but how they've played the last three games compared to how Alabama played where they lost at the beginning of the season to Texas, they've won the rest of their games, they've won the SEC championship, and now they're in and they're rewarded for winning now and not, you know, slipping. And Georgia, you know, they've been the number one overall team all year. They lose on a, in a close game to Alabama in the SEC championship game. You know, and and now they're out of the playoff. So, um, thank God they're going to the top 12 next year because I think it's going to be a lot better. And I think it's a lot easier to have an argument with a 13 or 14 ranked team that didn't make it in and they're sad that they didn't make it into the playoff. But more than likely, they have two or more losses. And it's a lot easier to point to a two-loss team and say, look, win one of those two games and you're in. So, you know, it's harder when it's just a one-loss team or an undefeated team like we have this year, where it's the first time ever the committee had a true decision to make that was never going to make any, everyone happy. Um, and, you know, top 12 teams this year, that would be really interesting because Kobe sent me something last week that said if it was how it stands right now. Now, granted, this was last week, so this was before all the conference championship games. Um, because I know some of these teams lost, but he said is if it, if it was how it stood right now, it would be number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, three, Washington, four, Florida State, five, Oregon, six, Ohio State, seven, Texas, eight, Alabama, nine, Missouri, 10, Penn State, 11, Ole Miss, 12, Tulane. And so what that is is you have your top four who get buys to the second round, and then your five through 12 play. And, you know, this year it's going to be very interesting how that would be because it's six automatic bids to the highest-ranked conference champion. So it's your, it's your Power 5 plus one at-large conference champion and then six at-large bids to the next highest-ranked teams. Top four champs get buys. So the five through eight seeds, who are going to be higher-ranked than the nine through 12, obviously, get to host the first-round game. And then after that is when they become actual bowl games where it's the Con Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, and Peach Bowl and Orange Bowl. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. And it's just going to be uh, fun to see if a 12 rank can give a 1 rank or, you know, those that 9 through 12 can somehow be the Cinderella story of the playoffs and get in. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. But talking about this year's playoff, where you're going to have Alabama play Michigan, which is four against one, and then Texas versus Washington, which is three against two. Um, on my prediction, 
seeing how Michigan reacted when they found out that they had to play Alabama, um, I'm not super impressed with that. Kind of shocked that they were like that because I don't think Alabama or Georgia were really over the top ungodly teams like they have been in previous years this year. I think they're very beatable teams. And to see how Michigan reacted is almost like disappointed or sad was shocking after how they played all year. So, you know, how they how they acted, I'm picking I'm gonna pick uh Alabama to knock off Michigan very first round of the playoffs. And then um I think Washington is going to beat Texas. I've liked how Washington's played recently. How they looked in that Pac-12 championship game against Oregon was very impressive. Uh, I love their passing attack. You know, Penix is is an absolute stud. And I definitely see them being able to beat Texas. And then here we go again. It's going to be an SEC champ. I think think Bama can handle Washington. I think the physicality of Alabama and the size and strength is going to beat Washington. And I think the pass rushers for Alabama – are going to be able to get home against Penix and cause pressure to make them not have the 300, 400 plus yard passing games that Washington has been used to with Penix. So um, I still think Alabama is going to win. It's going to be another situation like Ohio State for me where I'm like, did they deserve to be in? I don't think so. But did they go? Did they make it in and win it all? Yeah. And then, you know, Nick Saban's going to get his his championship. They're going to be crowned the SEC Kings again over Georgia because Georgia's won the last two years, and we're back to where we've always been. And then people are going to forget how the SEC was down this year, and they're going to say, well, they won it all again, and just keep moving forward. So, um, you know, I I think that's that's all I can say on it for now. But that's my prediction. We can circle back here in January and – I can either talk about how wrong I was or how right I was, and hopefully we have some great games because, um, you know, everyone's talked about the semifinal games have been god-awful over the years. There's never – seems like there's never really close games. There are always blowouts except for the Georgia-Ohio State game last year. Um, but, yeah, they, they always just seem like they're not close. So, And then my team, Notre Dame, I'm, uh, I'm kind of interested in – how that's going to play out for them because they've got some people entering the transfer portal. They've got some teams um, like Oregon State's also going through those issues. Um, DJ, their quarterback, is going to be transferring, so I don't think he's playing in the bowl game. Um, But I still think Oregon State's going to put up a good game, but I think Notre Dame's going to be able to pull it out. And I'm going to give give a 10-point win to Notre Dame in this bowl game. But – could be like last year where they should have beat Oklahoma State. They were dominating Oklahoma State, and then they blew the game. So we'll see how that goes. And then another team that I follow that you know I, I like is Clemson. And they play Kentucky, and I think that's going to be a tough game against an SEC school. But I think Clemson can beat them. You know, they're an eight-win team this year. Kentucky's a seven-win team. And I think they're still a tough team. They play in the SEC, obviously, so they got beat up a little bit. But, you know, I think – Seeing how Clemson was playing at the beginning of the year to now, I think uh, they're playing. They're playing a lot better. Their offense is starting to look better. So I'm interested to see how it goes going into next year. With you know, this is always a tough time of year now. Where if you're in a bowl game that's not for a championship, a lot of these kids are not playing in them because they don't matter anymore. So they're either they're going into the transfer portal, 
they're going into the draft and they opt out of playing, it's tough for coaches and you just never know who who's going to show up on the field for these teams now in the bowl games. So I'm interested to see how it goes, but I'm going to pick Clemson to pull off pull off the win against Kentucky as well. <clears throat> There's one more game coming up that is not a bowl game. It's this weekend. It's Army versus Navy. It's a long-standing tradition game. So it dates back well over 125 years ago. But there's been some games that have not been played because of wars. So this is the 124th game between Army and Navy. Navy has the edge on the all-time series at 62, 54, and 7. Army beat Navy last year 20-17. to 17. And, you know, Air Force was actually the team this year that was looking really, really good. Uh, when we're talking about the military football teams. But, you know, Army and Navy both are coming into this game with only five wins. And it doesn't seem to matter, though. Once again, when it's a rivalry like this, it doesn't seem to matter what the records are, who's ranked where. It's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. So I highly recommend you guys tuning in and watching it because they'll have both militaries are going to have, and men and women, dressed up in full uniform, cheering and chanting on, uh, you know, they have some old military songs that they'll sing. The bands are going. It's just an amazing, uh, amazing game to watch. I'd love to go in person sometime to see it. Um, but it's just a, just a really, really special game. So if you're a football lover and you love the passion of it, I highly recommend watching. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that's mostly what I wanted to come on and just kind of talk about a little bit was, you know, how, how hard life can be sometimes we need to embrace it and move on as people and, especially this younger generation where I feel like a lot of times we're getting pointed the blame that we're ruining this country somehow when none of us are running this country or making the laws or doing anything along those lines. We've all seen the politicians. We see how old they are. It's boomers and Gen X and, and it's not even close to our, our, our livelihood yet. I mean, so it's kind of funny that, um, you know, the older generation wants to point the fingers at us, but the bottom line is, the way they've been able to, you know, line their pockets for years with the policies they've made and the rich have gotten richer, the poor have gotten poorer, the middle class is disappearing. Um, it's just a crazy thing that, you know, I've even had to call out family members when they've made comments about it and, and they never want to hear it. You can see them, their eyes gloss over because they don't want to hear that their generation that they think so great is actually the one that's destroyed this c- country and caused it to where they're saying, well, you know, younger generation, they're not having kids as soon. They're not buying a house as soon. And it's like, we can't afford it. The amount of cost that my wife and I have figured out over the last year of having a son is absolutely mind-boggling the amount of money. Childcare is outrageous. We pay more for three days a week, you know, 12 times a month. We pay oh, more than our mortgage. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And then we can't afford a home. You know why? Because we're looking at homes that just two or three years ago, pre-COVID, you know, a four-bedroom house was three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for a cookie-cutter house. Now they're selling those for four fifty, five, six, hell, even seven hundred thousand dollars for some of these four and five-bedroom cookie-cutter homes. And you know, people are like, "Oh, well, we figured it out. We weren't making as much as you guys were back then." It's like, no, the the rise of inflation is way more than the rise in our salaries. And they don't want to admit it. 
It's a problem that they don't know how to answer now because we want better health care. We want to be paid more. We want the cost of living to go down. And we want our taxes to go down. But for some reason, they don't understand how that can all work. And it's because we've gone in such a shitstorm now as a country and with our politics and our policies that it's becoming ridiculous for us to even think about going back to what we would think would be normal three or four years ago even, let alone 10 to 20 years ago. And, you know, I, I watched some of the debate last night for the Republican debate just to see if there's anything I want to enjoy um, or anyone I would enjoy hearing more about. And it was it was laughable. It was a roast session. Vivek was up there just dissing people left and right. Um, you had you had people, you know, Christy was up there defending Haley and and you know, I never heard a policy that I really cared about or anyone out other than just people yelling at each other and arguing over this person's not smart and this person's not smart and I'm smarter than this person and and this person's a terrible person because of this and it's like why don't you tell us your policies that would actually help this country be turned around rather than just trying to diss the other three people on stage. So I don't know what we're going to do. I don't, I, I don't know what the Democrats are going to do with Biden. We've all seen how he's slipping in health and, and we don't think he can make it another four years, but who knows? They might put him up and is Trump going to be the front runner, even with all of his legal issues, or is it going to be one of the other four that was on stage last night? It's, it's a very, very weird time for this country this world, and especially, I think, our generation of millennials and younger, because we're coming into this world and becoming adults and trying to make something of ourselves while getting pointed the blame for something that we had no control over. So, you know, we just need to stick together, I think, as a, as generations, try to find a way to, to create change where we can, vote for the best people that we think possible, and uh, use our voice and try to kick out the olds that are ruining this country that are still running it. So, um, you know, if you have an interest in politics, please learn, please study, become knowledgeable, find a passion and something that you want to go towards and get involved, especially if you're younger. We need more younger faces. So um, just wanted to come on, talk about life a little bit, talk about how crazy it's been this past week, and especially talk about after we had the full speech about Florida or about Florida State and the college football playoff committee and what all happened. So just want to kind of come on, give my thoughts, and and go from there. So I hope everyone else has had a great week. Um, we'll be back next week. I might have Alan or Ed or someone else pop on for us if Kobe's not feeling up to it yet. Um, I'll talk to him a little more this week. But if you know Kobe or you know his family, reach out. Tell them that you're thinking of him and praying for him. And I apologize once again for the delayed post. So, as always, like and subscribe on all major platforms and follow us on X, Threads, and Instagram. And thank you and have a good night. Cheers.